Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome to another episode of Deeds in the Desert. I'm your host today, Izzy Rosari. And with me today, I have our president, Carrie Cook. Thank you for joining us today. Very excited to have you on this episode as we are going to talk about multiple streams of income as it relates to the types of accounts that you can utilize to invest here at Ignite Funding. So Carrie, let's start off right from the top. Let's talk about cash accounts and the different uh, types of cash accounts people can have here at Ignite. Cash is king still, um, it seems anyways. Um, There are three different types of cash accounts that we can have. Uh, The first one is an individual cash account, which is pretty simple. I mean, you have a savings account, uh, maybe it's in your checking account and you're looking to invest. Um, Cash account, individual, set it up, it's taxed. So you will receive a 1099 INT Mm -hmm. for interest income each year. Um, And then the second, and probably most popular, Mm -hmm. is a joint account. Um, A a spouse and yourself setting up a joint account that is a tenant in common account. Yep. And so both of you will be on the account. Both of you will be signing. So glad you said that. (laughs) Um, As it relates to the offering documents, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be signing on on behalf of both of you. Um, And then the third is the trust account. Very Mm -hmm. popular as well. We're starting to see more and more trust accounts set up. And the one thing I will say as it pertains to the trust accounts, when you do set up a trust account at Ignite Funding, make sure that you also notate that on your assets of your trust, that you have investments under Ignite Funding. Um, that's super important because yeah. obviously, God forbid, if anything were to happen with you, you'll want to make sure that you know whomever mm-hmm. is taking over the trust and handling your affairs knows that you have investments at Ignite Funding. So those are the three trust, or those are the three, excuse me, cash For accounts. Cash counts. All three of them, mm-hmm. INTs, mm-hmm. Um, 1099s, taxed, whatever your tax basis is that you are paying, you will pay on the income that you generate at Ignite Funding. So I, I wouldn't say that it's the most popular, No, but no. you know, there's a lot of cash out there right now. One thing I wanted to touch on really quick, because I see it a lot when the accounts come in, is um, the trust accounts. Yeah. What does it mean irrevocable and revocable what what is what is that so revocable trust you're um basically in control of your investments okay um it is a trust that would typically is set up to be handed down to a spouse handed down to children um those sorts of things very very simple um usually living uh individuals those sorts of things yeah Uh, from time to time we will see irrevocable trusts that Mm -hmm. are set up by individuals that are living Okay. And individuals that have assumed a trust from somebody else. Okay. So the irrevocable trust, the individual, if they are alive, Mm -hmm. will typically have somebody else in place Mm -hmm. who is making those investments on behalf of that trust. Because an irrevocable trust is intended for more legacy related. uh, Don't see those too often, but I have seen them. So I wanted to make sure people understand there are two different types. And it's important to remember that a revocable trust. Mm will actually turn into an irrevocable trust at the point in which an individual passes Passes away. away. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, so we will see them transition from time to time, but uh, trusts are very popular. They they're, are. They're, they're definitely very popular. Um, you know, trusts have benefits associated with them as far as individuals legally coming after you for your assets, those sorts of things. So uh, trusts are pretty popular. We do want to make sure though, when individuals are setting up trusts, that we are going to need those trust documents. Please. You know, I didn't mention that, um, but we should mention that. Yeah. It's important for us at Ignite Funding to know who has the authority to sign on behalf of right. the trust. So if it is not you, mm -hmm. and it, I mean, you could set up a revocable trust and have somebody else in charge of that. Okay. Um, or you may have multiple signers on there. We are going to have to see your trust documents to see exactly who has authorization to sign on behalf of the trust. I have seen that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you touched on all the great points for the cash accounts and some of the things that they do need to submit as far as the trust. I mean, when it's an individual or a joint, it's pretty simple from there. We just need, you know, IDs if it's a joint. Mm -hmm. um, even with the individual, just need an ID or a passport of some sort. Yeah. And then a W-9. I mean, it's pretty simple from there. It should be the easiest account to open, honestly. Yeah, it's very quick. I mean, if you mm -hmm. go online, it's click, click, click. I mean, less than fill five in minutes, a couple, definitely. you know, a couple, little bit of information for us. Um, and account setup is very, very fast. Let's jump over to the second application, which I would uh, like to start with the business account. What types of business accounts can people invest with here at Ignite? Well, we don't exclude any business type. Okay. So a limited liability company, a partnership, mm -hmm. an S corp, a C corp, all of them are allowed. Okay. Now, the tough part about all those different types of businesses is who has authority to sign again. Here yep. we go again, right? Yep, it's all so about that, yeah. it's very important for us at Ignite Funding to make sure that whomever has authority to sign is verified by us. We do okay. not want to get ourselves in a situation where somebody's signing on behalf of, on behalf of you know a company and they're not authorized they're not to do to. so. So companies, you know, it does take a little bit more paperwork for us. We do want to see your incorporation docs. We want to see your SS4. We want to make sure that the EIN number that yep. we are taxing is associated with that company. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sure that the signing authority, whether that be in an operating agreement, whether that be, you know, through whatever form of documentation you've created for your business, that we make sure the person who has signing authority is whom we're collecting the data on. Right. Um, we obviously do, and I didn't touch on this on cash accounts, but we do an OFAC check yes, um, uh, yeah, as a financial yeah. institution. We have to make sure that individuals are not on the what I'll deem as the blacklist. No, no list. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we want to be very, very careful that we um, are, are working with individuals that we are also comfortable working with. Other thing so, we also require on there, I now know because I do yes. some of the auditing before yes. we send it over, certificate of good standing. Yes. You know, it's really important for us to make sure that the businesses are valid. Yeah. They're legitimate businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to get ourselves in a situation where you've created a, a shell business for, you know, mm -hmm. an a, a inappropriate reason for any mm -hmm. sort. Right. Um, and that's not for us to judge. No. Right. No. We just want to get the paperwork that's necessary, get the account open mm -hmm. and allow your business to utilize some of the cash that you have sitting on the sidelines to invest with. Because, mm -hmm. You know, no business wants to have cash just sitting. Yes, uh, yeah. some. Yeah. But, you know, not by the boatload. And so when you have that um, as businesses, and I can tell you as Ignite Funding as well, that, you know, Ignite Funding Capital, we also invest it. Mm -hmm. uh, not all in Ignite Funding, but we, we have investments, as many yeah. businesses and most businesses should, to diversify their income stream. I think that's something that when we go to events, especially, and we talk to small business owners, they're really shocked and they don't ever think about investing their cash. Mm -hmm. They put all their money in 
to their business or they have, you know, a rainy day fund that's just sitting there. There's something that we didn't touch on on the business accounts I do want to make sure we touch on is um, when somebody's filling out a W-9, they have the option to either select themselves with their social security number as the taxable entity or they provide their EIN for the business to be the taxable entity. Can you explain that, why people would choose which one and why, I mean, it's not necessarily that one's better than the other, but why do people typically choose what they choose on there? Well, in some circumstances, it's a personal choice. Correct. In other circumstances, it's a necessity from the type of business. Um, There are certain types of businesses where the EIN number has to be used. Yep. Um, But if you have a, you know, a sole proprietorship. Yeah. um, Obviously, you can roll that up on your taxes to your personal taxes, and most do. And so in those particular cases, they will use the social instead of the EIN number because it's rolling up to their taxes anyways. So to make it simple, so they don't have to file separate tax reporting, Mm -hmm. it all rolls up into one entity, the entity being the individual. Perfect timing. We are not tax professionals. And please uh, check with your CPA (laughs) if you are wanting any advice. Um, so true. Yes. So true. I'm glad we touched on that because I, I know it's sometimes of a, of a headache when we are opening accounts and people pick one and then they come back to us at tax time and like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't that. mean that. And it's, like, it's nobody's fault. I get it. Yeah. Everybody has their own standpoint on it, strategy. Um, it's just important when they're filling out the application that we're not having to go back and fix things. And by the way, later. if it happens, just let us know. Um, I think that most don't understand the fact that uh, although January 31st is when we have to have the 1099 INTs out, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that's when it's filed with the IRS. Correct. So those are actually not filed on our, from us to the IRS until March 31st. So it gives us time to correct any actions that may have- So you have a leeway there, okay, Yeah, so if if you have found yourself in a situation where you receive a 1099 INT from us, and you're like, whoa, I didn't expect that, no big deal, you know, we all make mistakes. Um, And it could be our error. Yeah, it could be. It could have been how you filled out the application. Mm -hmm. No harm, no foul, let us know, we'll get it corrected, we'll make sure that when it is uploaded to the IRS that it's uploaded correctly. Perfect. So we have cash accounts, got business accounts. Let's jump into uh, one of my favorites personally, IRAs, uh, self-directed IRAs that is. So what kind of IRAs can people invest with here at Ignite? So there's four different types of IRAs. The first one is a traditional IRA, which uh, probably is the vast majority of our population. I would agree, yep. Right, they've been around the longest. Second to that is Roth IRAs, which I love those. We have to get back to talking about that. Love me some Roth um, IRAs. The third is a SEP IRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, small business owners, typically one to two individuals. Okay. Uh, then we have simple IRAs, and that may be an individual that is involved with a larger business, um, up to 100 employees. Okay. And they have a simple IRA through their business, and they can utilize that in alternative assets. Gotcha. So those are the four. Mm-hmm. Most popular being traditional. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is Roth. Can I talk about Roth for just a of second? Of course. And then really quick, just traditional, just so everybody knows, that that's yeah. tax-deferred income. You don't pay the taxes until you pull the money out. That's so, right. But let's go ahead and jump into Roths. Well, I'm glad you said that. Notice he said you're going to pay taxes. So how about this Roth? So if you're not contributing to a Roth and you haven't started a Roth or uh, you're of of a younger caliber, don't go down the traditional path. Pay the taxes now, invest with your Roth, and never pay taxes again in your life. Any income that's generated from a Roth, you will not pay taxes on. Unless yep. <laughs> you decide to take it out early mm-hmm. and then gloves are off, right? IRS is coming to <laughs> make sure that they get get a tax for you taking it out early. But you 
opening a Roth, investing in Ignite funding, any income that's generated off your investments, you will never pay income on, or you'll never pay tax on, excuse me, ever, 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 ever. Now, all of your custodial accounts, your Roths, your traditionals, your SEPs, your simples, all of that tax reporting actually goes to the custodian. Mm -hmm. And so you're not paying any tax on that, but the reporting is going to the custodian so that they know what income has been generated for the year. So so no 1099 from us? No 1099 yep. from us. Um, you'll receive your tax reporting from your custodian of record. So don't expect to find something on our portal for taxes because you're Correct. not going to find it there. Um, but yeah, we really... We really push custodial accounts. I, I, think, um, I think we do. And a quick shout out to our four approved custodians here at Ignite Funding. You have Preferred Trust Company. You have First Savings Bank, Directed IRA, and New View Trust. Those are four of the custodians that we work with that are approved by compliance because, well, they're very compliant. So. <laughs> Not only are they compliant, but the one thing you want to make sure of is when you're, when you're picking a custodian, make sure that they understand the investment that you're investing in. True. Not Very all true. custodians are created equal. Nope. So custodians, there may be some custodians that only specialize in precious metals. There may be some custodians that only specialize in real estate. There may be some custodians that say, we specialize in everything. Well, there's a red flag. Because specializing in everything means that you have to understand the whole investment process. Because investing in trustees means that you're going to have to, as a custodian, you're gonna to have to send the funds before the deed of trust is recorded. Yep. And so the cart before the horse, make sure that your custodian understands that and doesn't delay your investment process. Yeah. Also, make sure that your custodian is processing your payments quickly, your pay downs quickly, your pay offs quickly. Otherwise, they're jeopardizing your ability to earn this 10% yep. return that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And many times we will see with some custodians, which is why we've limited our list, yeah. that the individual is actually being burdensome by the time that it's taking two, for three a custodian. weeks, that yeah. adds up. You know, if you know, that's happens a percent a year, a year yeah. or 2% a year well, that, and if that you're, you're multiple, missing out on. You can imagine. Yeah. Tons, tons Absolutely. of money, just tons of money lost. So ask your custodian the question, can I invest in trustees? Will you forward the funds from my account prior to the deed being recorded? How quickly do you process my interest payments? How quickly will you process my paydown so that I can reinvest those funds? Ask those questions. We didn't really touch on it, but just so our listeners understand it. So SEPs and simples, are those more like the traditional side with tax deferred or are those more like the Roth side tax free? So SEPs and simples, when you roll them out, you roll them out into a traditional IRA. And when I say roll them out is because they are treated the exact same for tax purposes. Okay. Um, now, keep in mind that you can always do conversions mm -hmm. into a Roth as well. Correct. So you may contribute to your SEP IRA, $69,000 this year. Can you believe that? Or 25- Google it, folks. Google it. <laughs> or 25% of your compensation. Mm -hmm. So if you've set up a SEP IRA for your business as maybe it's the only form of your mm -hmm. retirement account, and that's fine. That's great. $69,000. That's greater than 401k plans. That's greater than the contribution that you can make to a traditional, a Roth. Uh, simple, yeah. like it is, like you if you're a small face. business, yeah, if you're a small business owner, it'd be crazy. I mean, you either pay Uncle Sam or pay you pay yourself. yourself. All day. And yep. so pay yourself. And then if you want to mm -hmm. um, create some um, transition from mm -hmm. some of your traditional funds Over into a Roth, Roth mm -hmm. you can also do that. Mm -hmm. Again, we're, we're come on, disclaimer, 
Oh, well, and once again, we are not tax professionals. Please check with your <laughs> CPA and tax professional before making any decisions. We want to make sure that when you make that decision, you recognize that when you transition from a traditional to a Roth, there are tax implications when yes. you do that. Mm-hmm. But, but after that, mm-hmm. there aren't any. So... That, something, that, something to look into. I love that topic. So yeah. I'm glad we touched on it. So. I know. Uh, let's go into the fourth one. I I don't like to call it the you know black sheep of the of the accounts. It's just it's just not used too much, and it's not that it's a strategy that people don't know about. It's just it's just not used too much. So let's just touch on it, which is the custodial account. So mm-hmm. let's go over the types of custodial accounts people can have to invest here at Ignite. Okay. So outside of your traditional, your Roth, your SEP, your simple, mm-hmm. um, we do have individuals that'll set up their f- will utilize their 401k plans or their mm-hmm. solo 401ks mm-hmm. um to invest. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh I have to pause because probably I'm going to go out on a limb and say 90% of the individuals that invest using those plans, mm-hmm. they've been set up for them, but they don't really know how to utilize just them. just about to say the same thing. Um, they don't know what steps they should be taking. Um, so please, please, please make sure that if you're setting up a 401k plan or a solo 401k plan, that you are working with an administrator and a custodian because they do require both. Yep, both. Um, so that your tax reporting is handled correctly, so that you're setting up your account correctly. I would say nine times out of ten, they don't know what EIN number to utilize. Yep. Um, sometimes I'm seeing them utilizing their social security numbers. Yep. Um, you know, and, and again, yeah. how you set it up and how you want it to be utilized, that direction is what we're going to take. We are not in the field of setting up 401k plans. That is not what we do here. But some of the documents that I see for 401k plans or solos are very confusing. Um, And so we will ask a lot of questions as it pertains to how those plans are set up, who has the authority, who should be taxed, because nine times out of 10 when we ask the client, they're not sure. And when you're not not. sure, it, it creates pause for us. And so we will continue to ask questions until we feel confident that you understand exactly how your plan is set up, who has the authority, where we should send those tax documents to, the vesting name. Boy, that's a big one, too. I was going to say that vesting name is something to get into in of, of itself. I mean, you're touching on all the key points. I think that's why a lot of people don't typically do the custodial accounts. And the ones that do, they just truly don't know. They had somebody set it up, like you said, and... They really don't know. It, it, it is a red flag for us because, you know, we want to help them. It's yeah. not that we don't want to help them, but them understanding that is very, very important. But the vesting name, I think, is one of the big hiccups that we have when we have those accounts come in. Yeah. I think individuals think that when they are investing through a 401k plan or a solo 401k, that it's providing additional protection. And in some cases, it is. It's also providing an opportunity for their business to take a, a tax credit. On, on having okay. it set up that okay. way. So there are tremendous benefits to mm-hmm. having them set up. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want to make sure you understand <laughs> yeah. when you're utilizing that in, in an investment vehicle like Ignite Funding, it's not liquid, right? And most 401k plans and solo 401ks have some liquidity. 
Um, and so if you're going to invest utilizing Ignite funding, make sure that it's part of your plan, um, part of the diversification of your investment strategy, and it's not the only plan associated with your investment strategy. I've, I've seen some documents and people have some pretty detailed stuff. Like, they you do. Know, they break it down like 25% can only be here, 50% can be here, and then the rest has to be in this type of investment. Those are the ones who usually have their stuff together yeah. in those ones. But yeah, definitely. That's really, that's really important. So it's a, it's a great vehicle. Yeah. Vesting name is super important. Yes. Vesting name is so, 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 so important. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's, it's morbid to talk about, but if something mm -hmm. were to happen to you, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want to make sure that the vesting name that your assets correctly. are held at, at Ignite Funding, on that deed of trust, are titled correctly. Yeah. Um, and maybe even more importantly, if we have an REO situation where we're taking a taking property the through foreclosure, you're going to want to make sure that it's titled correctly. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that if you open up a cash account, if you need something retitled into a trust account, let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, we certainly can do that during active investments. We mm -hmm. can do that uh, during REO statuses. Mm -hmm. um, it's super important that you inform us of that, though, mm -hmm. again, because that vesting name is following you all the way through your investment cycle with us. I mean, that's what's on the Exhibit A. That's exactly what's on, you know, the deed of trust. Exactly what you, what you say it is, that's what's going to be on the on the Exhibit A for, for everybody to see. Yeah. So it's really important. Well, I mean, that's basically all four of accounts that you can invest your at Ignite. I, I, I'm really glad we did touch on this topic. I know we haven't really gone over it. And the reason why I wanted to make sure to go over this is that I, I think people just don't know. Yeah. A lot of people come in with a cash account and that's it. And the only time they'll find out is usually months later, whether they're talking to somebody here or they see a podcast such as this yeah. or a video we create, you know, and the same thing happens on the IRA side. We, we attend tons of events and usually people think that this is just an IRA mm -hmm. investment. And I think it's really important that people understand the multiple streams that they can create through these types of investments in various types of accounts, no matter what their strategy is or how they're trying to diversify. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's important that they mm -hmm. understand that. Absolutely. What else do you want to know, Izzy? What else do you want to know about these accounts we're opening? Come on, give me something juicy. Okay, let's see. What can I do? What can I do? Um, you know what? Let's talk about a tricky one that I know you've dealt with in the past. Oh boy, here um, we go. Let's talk about somebody who opens a 401k plan, like you mentioned. Okay. It's a husband and a wife. And... There's two traditionals inside of it, and there's two Roths inside of it, mm -hmm. but all four of them have the same EIN. And the only way to differentiate it here at Ignite is the account number. Yeah. How does that work? And that, that is the, just such a complicated So first topic. and foremost, <laughs> kudos to that person for setting up both the traditional and the Roth option in the 401k plan. Okay. And if you have an employer, just a shout out, that doesn't offer both options, ask them why and ask if they can add it as part of the plan option. So if a client has a 401k plan mm -hmm. that is set up um, with the same EIN number, mm -hmm. and they have a traditional and they have a Roth, mm -hmm. in that particular scenario, you've got a husband and wife, mm -hmm. you've got two different types of plans. Mm -hmm. So at Ignite Funding, you're gonna have four, four accounts. accounts. And the reason why you wanna have four accounts is the tax treatment of those inside of the 401k plan are different. Yep. And so again, identify, identify, identify. Tell us what your intent is and we'll make sure that we set it up that way. The reason why that's so important is because inside of a 401k plan, there are two silos, one for the traditional, mm -hmm. one for the Roth. 
They're treated differently, especially when you roll them out, Mm -hmm. right? Or if you're going to keep it in the plan for the Mm -hmm. rest of your life, which is not typical, your 401k plan usually expires Mm -hmm. when your company expires or you have terminated employment with that company. The 401k plan inside of there is either a traditional IRA or it's a Roth IRA Mm -hmm. and you roll it out wherever you're rolling it. So we will set it up as four unique accounts with four unique account numbers so that it can be tracked separately. How does taxes work though? So on the tax side of it, it's going to the 401k plan. The Correct. 401k plan is going to be taxed, but it's going to be separated based on the type of account that it is. Mm-hmm. So by the time it gets to the 401k plan, mm-hmm. um, there's no tax associated with it, Correct. right? So it's just reporting mm-hmm. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. The 401k plan is gonna mm-hmm. report what is in the Roth and what is in the traditional. So the onus is on the 401k plan to make sure that they maintain separate reporting for those two things. Mm -hmm. We've had situations, Mm -hmm. bless them, we've had situations where individuals were like, we intended that to be our Roth, Mm -hmm. in our Roth, in our 401k plan. Well, I I don't don't know know that. that. And so please don't assume that we are going to read into your documents to Mm -hmm. the point where we're identifying where it's going to be, or maybe you made a change to your 401k plan. Um, Please let us know, Mm -hmm. because what we had to do with that client is we had to go through and try to separate what investments were intended for traditional, what investments were intended for Roth, Mm -hmm. because when the funds were sent to us, Mm -hmm. it was sent from the 401k plan, but it didn't identify which was Roth and which was traditional. So just let us know. You know, let us know and count numbers are so important when it comes are. to that. That's we can that's, separate that's, it. Yep. That's not a problem. We can handle the separate accounting on that. We mm-hmm. just have to set up multiple accounts in order to do it. And, you know, I am super surprised you did not ask me the question of how much does it cost to open up an account? <sighs> did that episodes ago, Carrie? Come on. It's free to invest here at Ignite Funding. No fees to invest. OK, so if you need four accounts, who cares? Yeah. All you're doing is, you know basically hopping on my backpack and letting me do all your accounting for you mm-hmm. of your Roth and your traditional, so it's, be it. Yeah, it's the same setup every single time One, they submit two, the application. Four, ten. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, we'll keep it organized. We'll keep it organized <laughs> for you, yes. Well, Carrie, I think that's all we have for today. Thank you for going over that. I love uh, some uh, of the bonus content we did right at the end right oh, now. That was perfect. Love bonus content. Um, but again, for those our, our listeners out there, you now know the different types of ways to invest at Ignite Funding. You're not just stuck in one little box. You can definitely have different types of investments for different strategies. And I think we do a very good job of going across the entire board of ways people can invest here. Um, and if we're not, and you have another way, hey, what's the worst Carrie's going to say? No. If you guys have another way that you guys want to invest here, I mean, uh, we can definitely look into it and see if it uh, works with our structure. So again, thank you to our listeners out there for another episode of Deeds in the Desert. Thank you, Carrie, for joining us today. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 